hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Whether it's dropping a quarter in and watching the gumball spiral down to your hand, trying to flatten out a dollar bill from the bottom of your backpack at the summer pool, or throwing your shoulder into the machine to get a bag of chips to dispense, we all have a story when it comes to vending machines. Did you know that in the right hands and location, they can be hugely profitable with minimal time invested? If you're looking for a possible side hustle or a way to replace your full-time income, Lakinya Francis, a queer woman of color, is rocking it and has some advice for us. You're listening to episode 257 of the Queer Money Podcast, and today we're going to dive into the world of being a vending machine entrepreneur. Remember, if you have money questions or suggestions for show topics, ask in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we'll follow up with answers or a show to cover your question. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. How does your bank support the LGBT community? Not at all? For Pride in June? Or 365 days a year? Capital One proudly supports the LGBT community throughout the year. Maybe it's time to support a bank that supports us. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash cafe for more info. Join our movement to build a community of happier, healthier, and wealthier gay men by getting your free copy of the five building blocks of a happy gay life at debtfreeguys.com forward slash happy. So welcome, Lakinya, to the Queer Money Podcast. We're excited to have you. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about vending today. Yeah. For sure. Like we were saying before the show started, uh, I don't know if it's serendipitous or, or what, but David and I had started talking about the vending machine industry because we've been seeing some curious vending machines here in Las Vegas. And just so happened you reached out and proposed a, a topic that you're well-versed and experienced on. And uh, it was just like, wow, maybe the universe is giving us some sort of sign. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a perfect match. <laughs> right. Also, yeah. it, I think it's kind of interesting in an industry that not a lot of people know a whole lot about, but also to find another queer person in the industry, which is it's cool. I we, know. That is quite exciting. <laughs> I was telling my wife, and she, she's excited to hear the episode too. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. When we look for guests on the podcast, more often than not, we are, are are hoping to or trying to find someone who's a member of the queer community, because oftentimes they can give a little bit of a queer spin. And we're all just <laughs> fabulous anyway. So we, we love just like litter. to share that with each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so It's yeah. awesome to have you on the show. And it's awesome to be here. This is a, a, a different one. You know, my first interaction, you know, with the queer community. And so I'm so excited and just, you know, so thankful to be able to share some information with my community. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. So you're in the vending machine industry and you, what you had proposed on with coming on the podcast was trying to maybe propose to our audience about getting into the vending machine industry, which is great because we've been encouraging more and more LGBTQ people to become entrepreneurs of any shape, size, degree. And uh, so this kind of seems like it fits right into that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's perfect if they already have other things going on, too. So it's not too time consuming. So it's actually a nice side hustle that can actually turn into a full time hustle if you like it. Nice. So mm -hmm. 
I, I will have to say, going back in my head time, in the time machine of the past, when I think about <laughs> vending machines, and this is going to show my age, but also <laughs> I think maybe we'll also show the the place in, in wh- where this comes from. When I was a little kid, um, my grandparents owned a, or were managers of a small grocery store in a town of about a thousand people that was a very seasonal town. They only worked in the grocery store, I think, maybe five or six months of the year. But there was a soda can machine in that store that my sister and I always used to try to put our hands up inside <laughs> to see if we could get to pop oh. loose. A, 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 so yeah. I don't know why we would do this because my grandparents would have given us a soda anyway, but it was just kind of the, you know, the idea of, yay, I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm going to. So vending yeah. machines have come a long way. Tell us a little bit about the vending machine oh, industry. My. It has definitely come a long way. So, you know, when people think about vending, they say, wow, vending's a thing. I thought vending was dead. And the market is growing insanely. It's crazy. So we all have used a vending machine at some point of our life, I believe, um, to buy a snack or a drink. And most people think that's where it stops. But I'm here to tell you today, it's a whole, you know, ball game out there and you can get really creative. So I like to think of a vending machine. If you have a, a, a hobby or something that you're interested in or something that you already do, a product that you already sell, I kind of drive people to think outside the box uh, to give them ideas of things that they can vend. So, you know, like I said, when we're thinking of vending, we're thinking of snacks and drinks, but what else can you vend? (laughs) Oh, yeah, condoms. So, so, (laughs) so when you think of the vending machine industry now, it's it's diverse and it's not just, you know, your soda and, and drinks anymore. And it's not just using coins, it's cashless now. You know, they're accepting Apple Pay, Google Pay credit cards, man, and people are dispensing all sorts of things. Uh, You got beauty, CBD, snacks and drinks, of course. You can do laundry products. You can do toiletries, including condoms, (laughs) Um, (laughs) pet supplies. You know, oh, man, you can do T-shirts in the vending machine as well. Uh, You can sell T-shirts. in Yeah, you can sell T-shirts in the vending machine. Man, the list goes on of the different types of things that you can you know, really get into. So again, when we're thinking about vending, we don't have to think so small and say, oh, well, it's just snacks and drinks. You know, there's different levels, if you will, if you want to kind of expand and, you know, and dive a little bit more Mm -hmm. into the business and not just be, you know, basic snacks and drinks. So that's, that's vending right now today. It's just a wide range of opportunity to resell items. And your purpose is to provide a, you know, automated cashless experience for the user and convenience, which is the biggest key. It's convenient, right. you know? Right. So it's perfect for today's world, you know, convenient. I don't have to deal with anyone. It's better than having a brick and mortar store, you know, they get to go up to the machine and shop and, you know, you don't have to worry about employees or any of that. So True. vending is very unique. Yeah. I tell people all the time, the vending machine is your employee. You don't have to worry about the vending machine calling out on you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to work for you. And, you know, you just show it a little love and, you know, keep it up and it's going to work out for you. And, and you really don't spend that much time. So it's it's an automated process and it's convenient for people and people are forever going to use vending machines. So just out of curiosity, as we were talking, it made this made me think of the 
I think it's Carvana commercials of how you can now buy a, buy a car from a vending machine. <laughs> What's the most mm-hmm. expensive item that you've seen besides maybe the car what, that you see people selling from vending machines? Maybe to kind of blow up our minds a little bit on what's available besides Cokes and, <laughs> and chips. <laughs> okay. Well, from my experience with people that I'm helping and, you know, and dealing with right now, I have someone that I'm working with and she purchased a CBD vending machine. So I'm really curious to see how this is going to come out. And her items are ranging from, you know, 30 to 60 bucks um, per item. Yeah. And so she's waiting to get it, you know, installed. It's potentially going to go inside of a gym in uh, downtown Detroit. So that is going to be really interesting. So Again, when we're thinking of selling things from a vending machine, we're we're thinking like, okay, a dollar soda and you know, or a two dollar snack. No, we're talking about sixty bucks for one item, and your typical vending machine holds up to you know four hundred items. Gotcha. Um, so that's a yeah, it's a lot. And <laughs> once she sets it up and uh, you know have it in place, it'll be working for her. So yeah. I, have a, I have a bunch of logistical questions, I guess. So I think listeners and maybe my even my first concern would be, mm-hmm. what are the startup costs and what are the, um, what are they cost hmm. and what do you have to consider purchasing? So that's the number one question. What does startup cost? Just, just tell me that first. So those costs will really vary if you're one, depending on the type of vending that you want to do. So I'll give you guys two examples. So let's say you want to do something basic like snacks and drinks, depending on the type of machine you get, you know, it's just like, think about buying a new car or a used car. Some people are like, I don't want a used car. I want to buy a brand new car off the lot. That's just what I want. So if you're one of those people, well, you know, I'm not really in the market of trying to buy a, a new. I want to buy used vending machines. Then your startup costs are going to be much lower. So let's say you're getting ready to get in and, and you want to start off on the basic level, snacks and drinks. You know, you can probably expect to spend about $2,000 on, you know, two machines with some credit card readers, which is what you want. And if you don't want the credit card reader because some people want to just make it a cash only business that cost can be significantly lower. Like maybe my first set of machines, I paid $1,000 for two machines. Great condition, nothing wrong with them. They didn't come with the credit card reader, but adding on a credit card reader, that's another, you know, 300 for each machine. And then you got to think about it like this. So now that I've purchased this machine, I have to move it, right? So you will need a mover and the, and the mover will cost you $75, $100, um, to move. And then we'll need to stock the machine up with our, with our product. So again, that startup cost depends on what you're selling. So if you're just selling snacks and drinks, you can spend about $200 to initially get it going about two fifty, I'll say, because some of these, these items are getting more and more expensive, like chocolate is very expensive. So about two fifty to get started with the, with the stock, about a hundred bucks, we'll say, give or take for the mover. And for a set of good machines, um, I'm pushing for quality, not just, you know, the cheapest thing on the market. You know, you want to spend about two grand on, you know, $2,000 on um, uh, a good set of machines. So hmm, where are we now? And then initially, when you first get your machine up and going, you're going to need to add uh, coins to it. So that way, if somebody uses a dollar and your item was 75 cent and they need a quarterback, um, you know, how are they going to get that change? You have to initially load it up. And so your machine will take about 50 bucks to, to load up. 
So those are some some startup costs as far as, you know, getting your machine really up and going and getting it ready to to be put somewhere to be used. I use the CBD, for example. This particular person, she got a brand new machine. Very nice. IDH verification, um, you know, where the customer has to show their ID to the machine and the machine is so sophisticated that it <laughs> it can detect that. And, you know, that machine brand new with the elevator dispensing. So it's not just dropping it. It's actually pulling it down on the elevator. It's just a state of the art machine. She paid about 11 grand for that machine. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> when she told me I almost passed out, <laughs> I'm like, what? But, but that's something that she's into. Okay. So she's into the whole CBD thing and the teas. like, that's what she wants to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's an investment that she's willing to make, you know? And so again, you know, her products are ranging from 30 to, you know, $60. So sure, uh, she'll, she'll make her money back very quickly, hopefully. So that's a different price point. But of course, you you can finance your machine. You don't have to pay for it outright. So you can finance it. Financing is available. And then, of course, her product was on a different margin. Her startup product cost was about $500. And when you're buying a brand new machine, you don't have to worry about getting the mover and stuff because it kind of comes with all that. They deliver it, set it up for you. But yeah, so as you can see, that totally (laughs) two different spectrums of getting started. So if you're just starting out on a basic level, I would say 2500 whereas if you're starting out with something, you know, like a specialty vending, you may spend a little bit more, you know, maybe, you know, 3 4000 initially out of the pocket. Um again because you can finance. But yeah. So those are your startup costs and don't get me wrong, it can be cheaper than that and and the reason why I'm going high with the 2000 is because it just depends on where you live. For example, I'm in Miami. Miami, Florida, you can go get a vending machine for four or five hundred dollars. Easy. Right. But, you know, maybe someone in New York, you won't see anything less than a thousand dollars or eleven hundred dollars on the market just because of the location. So that's why I kind of went up. Sure. But it can very well be, you know, cheaper than two thousand five hundred. There's some people who finance their snack and drink machines and then that kind of even lowers your upfront costs as right. well. So if you went that route, you really you really don't have to pay that much, you know, just put a little down payment and, uh, you know, get your initial stock and stuff to to get going. So those are some some numbers um, sure, that works. to kind of thinking about all those numbers, you know, and I'm sure you can probably scale, right? So you, if you maybe you, you can dream to have the $11,000 vending machine someday, but you can start with the cheaper, maybe 400 or the mm-hmm. $1,000 vending machine and then scale your way up. You know, what do profits look like and how soon can you, yeah, of course, this is an average. Uh, how soon can someone start to see profits? The truth is, as soon as you put your vending machine down, people will start using it. I'll give you some real numbers and not just some made up uh, with people that <laughs> that are I've been asking. I've been asking like, you know, so that I can get some accurate numbers like, hey, you know, what's going on? So there's one lady. Her her machine has been placed for, I want to say, about a month and a half. I, and it's at a school. She has what they call a combination machine. So a combination machine is where you have um, the snacks on the top and the drinks on the bottom. So she placed it in the school that school. It's a, a private school and it has about 90 students and maybe about 25 to 30 staff. And so, again, her machine maybe holds, let's say, about 100 and something. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it, it holds a couple hundred you know, so she sold out and, you know, within one week they were 
actually in days they were calling her saying the machine was empty. That's a really good spot. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just off of that one little load, you know, that was bringing her in at, you know, over $400 from that one spin. So of course you minus, you know, the amount that she could have paid for the items, you know, maybe she paid about 200 to, to fill the machine up. She probably profited anywhere between 150 to 200 dollars you know, for that one week. And that, and that's pretty good. And again, that wasn't even a whole week. That was actually four days. So she's actually, my suggestion to her was, you know, I, I recommend that you get another machine and she got a brand new machine, which is <laughs> what I recommended. Because when she said a school, I'm like, Hey, you know, kids are going to, they're going to spend their money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a private school and they do church as well. And I said, man, your machine is going to be working seven days a week. You, you want to get a brand new one. Don't get a used one. And so and that's some pretty good money because guess what? She works a full-time job. I was communicating with her today. She works a full-time job and she goes and, you know, loads the machine up. That'll take you probably about 30 minutes, close it up and see you next time. Right. <laughs> so wow. that's not bad for something that's just sitting there. And imagine when she puts a second machine in there. Right. Um, so sure. she'll, yeah. So you really can scale it to really replace your, <laughs> your income if you want. Um, or, you know, some people just do it for many different reasons. Um, side hustles, you know, extra income, something else to do. I like to also offer the opportunity to people to think about, uh, you know, if you have kids, this is a perfect way to involve them in a, in a fun business to get them going and teaching them some, you know, some financial things. And so, for example, there's a late, another lady, she's in North Carolina and she just placed her machine on yesterday. I haven't congratulated her on social media yet, but uh, she just placed it yesterday on one of the floors. Um, it's not a special floor. It's just a regular floor. And she was able to tell me, she told me uh, today, she says, hey, you know, I was able to see through the credit card reader that, you know, I had $20 in sales yesterday. And I was like, that's great because nobody even knew you were, you know, the machine is off in the corner. It's not for the entire hospital. It's just for that floor. It's the first day when people are aware that the machine is going to be there. They're going to shop more. So mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome. And she and she did that for her kids. For her two sons, it's, it's their business. She, you know, it's it's for them. And her intent is to have them, you know, scale and get more machines and potentially have this as, you know, to help towards a college fund because they're, you Smart. know. Yeah. So I love the idea. And again, she got a brand new machine, which is I recommend it because of the type of location it was going in. And she's going to make her money back in some months, you know, and that's typically how long it takes to, you know, kind of retrieve your money back, uh, maybe about six months, maybe. And it could be faster. I have another example that I want to kind of share with everybody on a specialty level. So there's another young lady. She's actually here in Florida. Her machine is inside of a mall, but it's a beauty machine. So she's selling lip gloss and eyelash products. So whoever wear eyelashes and, and lip gloss, that's all she's selling in the machine. And she told me that she's, cause I, I, I like to do check-ins like, Hey, how's it going? Cause I want to know from real people that's out there, how things are going. She's like, Hey, you know, she told me the ups and downs of getting it in there in the mall, the challenges. And, and she told me that she's been profiting about five to $600 a week. Wow. Wow. And she's made her money back already because she purchased her machine in China. Now, I don't recommend that, but it it's working for her, you know, and her machine was about 
no more than two thousand, maybe about fifteen hundred dollars. And look what she's making. I and and I'll be honest with you, I'm like, man, I think I'm selling the wrong thing. <laughs> so uh, I actually myself yesterday I put out a few proposals to some malls locally here to see if they're interested because there's none here in Miami, which is very surprising. It's a great market and the beauty industry is not going anywhere. So that's a perfect one. So yeah, for sure. there's some people that, yeah, that they're into that. They're just into the makeup. They're into the, you know, the beauty. And I tell them, this is perfect. You can vend that. You don't have to vend snacks and drinks. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere. So banking fits into your life, not the other way around. Yeah, based on those stories, just those two examples, you're looking at anywhere from an extra, you know, $200 a week and $600 a week and extra ten dollars to $30,000 a year in income. Obviously, you're going to pay some taxes on that. But wow, what a <laughs> great way to yes. fund your retirement, and- pay off debt, uh, save for college. down payment on a house, kids so- college, right? There's so many different ways to spend the money. It's- So there's so many different ways. And I just want to kind of, you know, throw this out there too. You know, me and my wife, we're we're actually wanting to kind of get into real estate. And guess what? We're funding our ideas with with vending. (laughs) So smart. So so and I always tell people, you know, you look at the bigger picture. You might not want to be, you know, loading drinks and snacks for forever, but you can take that money and invest in a bigger idea. So our bigger idea is real estate, you know, maybe out of state real estate and Airbnbs. And and that's something we're going to be getting into very, very soon. I'm just waiting on her to come back. She's actually away on the front line working as a nurse for Mm. with with COVID patients. So we're going to be getting into that as well, but it's all going to be funded by vending machine money. (laughs) So I love that. So it's something to think about, you know, a little, a little twist, a little bit of extra money you can dip into, uh, you know, put into your investments, you know, if you're into stocks, so you don't have to, you know, stop there. You can take that money and, and invest it into your bigger picture. Right. Not so. only can you scale your business and in the vending machine mm-hmm. industry, but you can also scale your life if you want to bounce from industry to industry or, you know, you can have a, you know, several different businesses and you're not relying on one singular income. And one thing I I do like about it too, right? And I'll be honest, it's not for everybody. Some people might be like, oh, you know, it's not really what I like. It's low risk. Yeah. So one thing, and I've done this myself. I've purchased machines and sold them again to the market for way more than I spent on them. So it's a safe investment if you find out that, hey, this is this isn't this isn't quite what I want, but I've paid, you know, two thousand dollars for these set of machines. You can always sell them back to the market. Nice. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. you said you alluded earlier, what is the typical investment of time to manage, say, one machine? Your first go around, it will be a little bit longer because you have to learn how to load it. And actually, it's not even a, a learn thing. It's just a getting used to because it's really it's really not that difficult. But it's going to take you, let's say you had a pair of machines, because typically that's what people do. They get a snack and a drink and try to, you know, place two instead of one. If you had a pair of machines, that may take you, honestly, maybe um, an hour and a half. And that's I'm giving or take travel too, because I'm assuming that you wouldn't have the machine no further than maybe 20, 25 minutes away from where you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're loading two machines. You can load a drink machine in about 20 minutes, actually a little bit less than that. And load a a snack machine takes a little bit more time to load a snack machine. But let's say all in all, you spend about an hour at the location loading it. 
you know, give it a little wipe, make sure everything's good and, you know, dusting it off. And, and if people are there, of course, you're going to be, you know, friendly and, and maybe sometimes you might get caught up in conversations. But if you're strictly there just to fill the machine up, you're not going to spend more than an hour and an hour is at the at the max. Mm-hmm. So that's actually not bad. And that's maybe once a week that you're going to be servicing a location. Oh, wow. That's normal to do one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not, not a lot of involvement as far as time. I'm starting to put pieces together here. So I invest anywhere from about two to $3,000 in a couple of machines. I spend mm-hmm. about two hour, one to two hours a week in stocking it and taking care of everything. And mm-hmm. for that, I can make anywhere from two hundred to six hundred dollars a week, or mm-hmm. ten to thirty thousand dollars a year. So let me ask you: Is this Absolutely. a smart investment? <laughs> but <laughs> right, I mean, just think about this. You're, 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 when you're listening to this, investing two thousand uh-huh. dollars and earning your money back in the first year—very rare that that happens. Oh no, you're going to earn your money back in the first year for sure. Right, and. Something that you can potentially, if you're spending two hours a week doing this and you're earning two hundred to six hundred dollars mm-hmm. an hour, you're earning a hundred to three hundred dollars an hour. What kind of job yes. do you need to have to be able to make that kind of money? So, and let me tell you, there's more people getting into vending, but a lot of people overlook it. They just like, oh, it's just snacks and drinks, and they just overlook it and they don't think much of it until. They come across, you know, like maybe me and I'm kind of laying it out and putting the numbers out there. And they're like, whoa, okay, this could be, you know, this could be something, you know. So we've got, I think then then there's kind of all of those periphery questions like, okay, so you talked about a proposal to the malls to be able to put a vending machine in. What kind Mm -hmm. of like all the responsibilities associated with you as a vending machine owner and responsibilities of the person who owns the property that you put it on, insurance and all that kind of stuff, kind of paint the picture of what that looks like. Now, in general, when you're pitching a company to place your vending machine, ideally, it's going to it's going to benefit them. But the benefit really is you because you want to make money off of their audience, you know, their employees or their their traffic in exchange for placing a free machine at their spot. Hey, we'll keep it up. We'll keep it maintained. You don't have to do anything. Just let us place it here. But guess what? You're getting a free machine that you don't have to worry about. And you guys get to have this conveniently here. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go down the street to the store. And so that is the pitch really to get it in. Now, on the other hand, it's your machine. So the owner doesn't, you know, they don't have any responsibility to the machine at all. It's 100% yours. It's 100% your responsibility to keep the maintenance up or if it, you know, gets jammed or or anything like that. So it's on you. The owner doesn't really kind of have any responsibility on that. So, you know, that's one thing, but that's why you got to kind of pick and choose your locations the right way, you know, about where you're going to put it. And then if it's in a more riskier place, some of them may require that you have general liability insurance. So for example, you know, the lady that put her machine in the hospital yesterday, she didn't have to have anything. And this is a real hospital, you know, not just some, you know, <laughs> you know, this is a real hospital. She didn't have to have anything. But the lady that has her machine in the mall, she has to have general liability insurance. So depending on where you put your machine, they may or may not require you to have insurance. 
There are some people who just choose to have it on their own because they just want to. And I suggest to people, if you're going to get a brand new machine, then you might want to put some insurance on it, you know, maybe pay about, you know, two, three hundred dollars for the entire year for the insurance mm. and be covered. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. It's it, insurance is actually not required. But then on the other hand, if you paid honestly a thousand dollars for the machine, do you want to invest in getting insurance for the year if you don't have to? Most vendors don't. Most of them do it when they have to or depending on, you know, how expensive and what they're selling, because certain things you're going to just get insurance on it. Right. That so, makes sense. So yeah. where do you get the products that you're looking to purchase? Because I'm thinking about the cost of that. And I'm assuming the first thing that comes to mind for me is, is Amazon. But I'm wondering, is there a better place to get your products at cost and in bulk to fill up your vending machines? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're going to go. I'm pretty sure that everyone um, and they even have them internationally uh, in some places. Costco's BJ's. I don't know if you guys ever heard Mm -hmm. of BJ's, Costco's, Sam's Clubs. Right. And they have the items there wholesale. So, for example, me and my house, it's it's three of us. I don't shop at the wholesale places because they're they're coming in bulk, you know, and it's only three people in my house. Um, So people typically that shop there are people, you know, maybe they have large, large families or they have businesses and they get the items at a cheaper rate mm-hmm. and they're able to, you know, add a little on them and sell them for a profit. And also locally, believe it or not, there may be cash and carry places that sell things at wholesale prices. Mm. So you definitely, you know, I'm 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 not knocking Amazon, but I I would be very careful about what I buy as far as snacks because you know, this is getting into a whole nother topic, but you got things you to, to, th- to think about, such as the expiration dates on the product. Yeah. So if I'm buying it online, I don't know if they're giving me, you know, what they got best, you know, mm-hmm. with the latest expiration date. So I wouldn't buy food offline. I would buy that, honestly, in person because of that. Now, if you're doing specialty items, one thing that I kind of, you know, kind of help people do is look for, let's look for this item at wholesale. Okay. If you design T-shirts, then you know where to get your T-shirts at a wholesale price so that it works for you to be able to, you know, scale it and make money off of it. And so there's wholesale providers out there that sell, you know, products, CBD products that sell these beauty supply items at wholesale to individuals, given that they're going to buy it at a certain amount. So you can't just buy one. Typically they do require you to buy it in a lump sum, but you're going to do that anyways, because you're putting it in a vending machine. Sure. So that's, so that's typically how that goes and it's wholesale and it's designed for you to be able to put two to three times the amount that you paid for it on it to sell it back. I love it. Are you seeing based on all the people you work with in your, in your own vending machine business, are you seeing that certain products have a better return than others? Let's say snacks and drinks. Snacks do have a better return versus drinks, but drinks sell more. You know, people buy drinks more, but snacks have a a better return. But with snacks, again, you know, there's factors. There's factors like figuring out what people like when you first get in the location, the expiration date. The shelf life is, you know, it's not that long depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, your snacks are going to give you more, but I always try to help people understand that it's in the beginning, it might be a little learning process because, you know, we got to kind of give our audience or our location, we got to tailor our machine to them mm-hmm. so that they buy what we have in there. So for example, like the beauty products, man, <laughs> I know I keep talking about it, but 
the profit margin on that is ridiculous with the, you know, with like the lashes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can buy those and people are buying those overseas. That's a thing right now. Anyways, you know, it's just now it's like, OK, I can put it in a machine. That's a thing. Anyways, you can get a pair for like ninety nine cents. And, you know, you can sell them for $12, $15. Well, I mean, because when you lose yeah. an eyelash, you need to replace <laughs> yeah. it. Otherwise, you're a mess the rest of the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the profit margin is insane on it. And I think that's why it's such a big hit right now. And and one thing I learned during the pandemic is that no matter what type of, you know, pandemic that we're in, whatever recession, it doesn't matter. People are going to pay to look good. <laughs> uh, they're going to pay to look good and feel good. And so the beauty industry is a golden one for sure. For gotcha. sure, for sure. And that was, that's a great segue into my next question. Are there locations that you find produce a better ROI than another? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to location, I'm not sure if you guys oh, maybe I thought about this. Like, okay, well, location is probably the number one thing with the business that's going to make it make sense. You know, that's going to make you make money is the location. So we have to take our time and kind of dissect where are we going to place the machine? So I always tell people, think about it like this. The machine is really a convenience. So what type of, you know, jobs where the employees are more likely to buy the, the machine? So Let's say I work in an office building and, you know, we go to Flanagan's or we go to Red Lobster and we go eat their, you know, lunch menu and sit down. And But if someone that works at a warehouse is probably not going to do that. <laughs> They're probably in a fast paced environment, you know, getting dirty. And those people are more likely to just shop out of the vending machine and also location. What's around them? Do they have things around them? You know, most warehouses are kind of off in an area that's you know, because it's a lot of space that they're consuming. They're using in areas that, that is not much there but them. Right. Um, so warehouses are a big one. Another spot that could be good, uh, like I said, schools. But when first entering the, the business, you can't just go, oh, I want to go inside of the airport. I was talking to someone. I'm like, hey, you know, we got to start off slow first. You know, we got to we got to ease our way up there because then you're competing with these multi-million dollar vending machine company. So the best starting point is private businesses. And so a school is a great one. As you can see the story I told you about, like, you know, they're in the school and the schools are, it's a, I don't know if it's a Christian school, but I know it's a, it's some sort of religion school and they're, you know, it's seven days a week, you know, 90 kids, 30 staff, and they have church on the weekends. That's a killer right there. That's a great location schools. And they have summer school. That was another thing. A laundromat is another good spot because most people, when they come and they put their, you know, clothes to wash, most of them are going to stay there with their clothes. So a laundromat is a good spot. Another good spot, believe it or not, is a barbershop. Again, people are going to get their hair cut. They're going to go and do what they got to do to feel good and look good. So any place that really has a lot of people coming in and out, it really doesn't matter what type of mm-hmm. business it is. I was helping a girl in um she's in Atlanta. And the spot that she ended up getting was perfect because it was a network TV station. So I I was asking, you know, a lot of questions and I'm like, Hey, I'm asking these questions because I'm getting somewhere. So these people are there as early as seven, seven to four. And it's a fast paced environment because people are recording. They're in meetings. They don't have time to, you know, lollygag and go, their job is a fast paced job. So these people are more likely 
to grab something to go, you know, grab mm-hmm. something quick to eat. And so, you know, and, and, and again, places that have high foot traffic is what we're always looking for because the more people, the more possibilities of someone using your machine. For sure. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's how that works. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. just tell you, John and I visited a bar here in Las Vegas, and I was going to the restroom, walking past or towards the restroom, I walk past a machine and I turn around and look at it. It is a vending machine that is selling, well, here, I'll just share, I, I took a picture of it, Colt playing cards, Colt vintage playing cards. Now, if you're a gay man, you'll understand what Colt is. Colt is a porn magazine from back in the day. Um, Actually, I think it still exists, but I'm not 100% sure. And this is, to be clear, this is a straight bar that we were in, so they were selling gay porn Um, porn cards. There's Playboy magazines. There are women's earrings. Well, I guess anybody can wear the earrings, right? There's an overnight bag. There's Mm -hmm. lipstick. There are surprise bags, condoms other playing cards, just a whole variety of things in this. And it was kind of interesting. We were getting ready to have Lacanya come on the show. And it was so funny when we saw this, we're like, oh, this is perfect. I can't can't believe that we saw this right before we're getting ready to record this show. So when you think about placement of where you put it and product of what you put into it, the sky is the limit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sky is the limit, and that's pretty. That's freaking awesome. And that's another thing that you know, I have. Someone called me and said, "Hey, listen, um, I have an idea," and I'm like, "Okay, tell me." You know, they were like, "You know, I was I, I travel for a living. That's what I do." And I was at the hotel with my my boyfriend, and we didn't have a condom, and we went downstairs to get a condom, and. <laughs> there they didn't have any and i was like what and so she came up with that idea and uh she's in the process of trying to get a machine into hotels and and motels with um with just miscellaneous things so condoms being one tylenols or deodorant shavers man playing cards all kind of stuff that can really go inside of a machine and things you just never even thought about. Like what? (laughs) Yeah. So I think maybe the problem that somebody might have listening to this podcast is just having so many ideas, they might need some help, like trying to get some focus. So he's talking to me. He's like, David, focus, (laughs) David, David. So what kind of services do you provide? Here you're talking about the people that you're working with. What kind of services do you provide to help people get into the vending machine business and then succeed at it? Well, it really just depends on uh, the person and everybody has a a different learning strategy. So if you're someone who can kind of, hey, just give me the information and I'll figure it out from there. I do have courses. They can take that and go. But then I also offer a package that has the courses along with consultations. And this one is the most effective because you get to talk to me and I get to really see where you are, what state you live in, help you with all of the business side of things, you know, help you validate your your location to make sure it's like a good one, uh, help you choose the machines to buy. Like the process is very personal and it's one-on-one. It's not, hey, go buy this course and <laughs> and I hope you succeed. It's really a personal thing and I work with everybody case by case. So that I do offer. And if someone just wants to, you know, they just want some quick questions answered, they can always reach out to me and I'll answer them. I don't have a problem with that either. Yeah, until they get ready to decide if it's going to be for them or not. And then once they do decide, then I can help them with with it, you know, on a more personal level. 
Wonderful. So we'll, we'll link up to your course information in the, in the show notes for this episode. But if somebody wants to connect with you elsewhere, how, where, where, where can they find you on the internet? Sure thing. So um, my go-to platform is Instagram. So on Instagram, you can look me up. I crave vending. So it's I-K-R-A-V-E vending. Same name across each platform. Um, Facebook. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, on a, under my name, Lakinya Francis. And so if you just want to shoot me an email, you can, and, and I'll answer any question that comes through. doesn't matter what it is. Info at icravevending.com. Uh, so that's how you can get in touch with me. Well, awesome. Well, you already have a new follower on Instagram. <laughs> and um, this has been wonderfully edifying. I appreciate you reaching out to us and explaining this not only to our listeners, but to David and me. It's, it's very intriguing to hear what other people are doing to succeed financially. And I think you've positioned this as a great way for people to start a side hustle, maybe even turn something that's a side hustle into a full-time business, subsidize whatever your financial goals are with a minimal time and effort, just uh, requires a little bit of startup costs and a little bit of education, mm-hmm. which sounds like at least half of that equation you can help them with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I would be more than happy to, you know, help them with their goals. And and so I'll be there and I'll be around. You guys just come follow me. Sounds <laughs> wonderful. Good. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. All right. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. Queer Money is being brought to you in part by the five building blocks of a happy gay life. Join the growing community of happy, healthy, and wealthy gay men who love their lives inside and out. Get your free copy of the five building blocks of a happy gay life at debtfreeguys.com forward slash happy. Thank you, Lakinia, for opening up the entrepreneurial world of vending machines to us all. This is something neither of us gave much thought to, but it seems like a great retirement income stream for folks who don't want to work more than a few hours a week. Here's your queer money takeaway from this episode. If you're not thinking about it now, consider starting a side hustle for additional income or to add to your investments. If you're piqued by the conversation we had with Lakinia and want to investigate this entrepreneur opportunity more, connect with Lakinia at icravevending.com. Remember, if you have money questions or suggestions for show topics, ask in the Queer Money Facebook group and we'll follow up with answers or a show to cover your question. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.